The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. Hey, thanks for listening. This is Health, Hope, and Inspiration. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Our host is Reverend Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We are excited about this conversation to come today. We are excited because we are going to definitely give some balance to a very difficult conversation today. And we're going to meet a guest, a very sweet person who serves on the staff of Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Absolutely. And she's going to help us out with understanding the God-given ability to recognize and have talent. Yeah. Hey, we'll get to that in just a moment, but we never take it for granted that you listen to this program. Thank you, thank you, thank you for doing that. So many people are are tuning in, so to speak, on the podcast and uh, spreading the word that Health, Hope, and Inspiration is here. So thank you for doing that. Thanks for leaving reviews of us on iTunes. Thank you so much. We love hearing from you and continue to let us know how the program is blessing you and how it can bless others. We always try to be helpful, of course, and one way we do that is by providing a resource. This week, our resource is called Integrative cancer care. Maybe you've had questions about what do we really mean when we use the term integrative cancer care. Mm. Uh, this document really uh, edu- it, it helped me understand it better, and I'm sure it will help a lot of people. Well, it's it's a term that's been in the marketplace for a little while now, and in some cases misunderstood, and in some cases misapplied. And so we want to make sure that we add some good, solid uh, definition and execution, at least from the perspective of the Cancer Treatment Centers of America, that when we talk about integrative care or integrative services, we are not talking about complementary or alternative mm-hmm. care. Right. We are talking about care and disciplines that are amalgamated along with good clinical uh, evidence-based medicine and how they can work potentially together. You can download this right now at our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. Look for Integrative Cancer Care. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. They treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Just visit our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com, and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America, or contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. You can do that by calling 866-712-HOPE. That's 866-712-4673. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Before we are inspired by what our guest will uh, talk to Percy about today, let's be inspired by the Word of God. Absolutely. Our spiritual nugget for today, my friend, and it's a good one, and it's going to tie right into the conversation of today's interview, is found in Psalms 139, verses 13 through 17, and it reads as follows. For you, for you, God, created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully, hallelujah, Mm. and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw me, my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts. 
God, how vast is the sum of them. Today, we're going to talk about the power of being fearfully and wonderfully made in in the purpose of God that is tied to the gifts and talents of every human being. Well, let's listen to a conversation you had recently in Phoenix, Arizona at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Uh, As you listen, please keep in mind that at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, spiritual support is provided as desired by the patient. Well, Wayne, with me today is Myrna Borkman, and she works in the talent department at Cancer Treatment Centers of America Phoenix and has done so now for 10 years in that capacity. And we're just so thrilled and excited to have you with us on the show today. (laughs) Thank you. With that being said, uh, as we were sharing before we went on air, uh, you and I have engaged with each other and and have had opportunities to uh, uh, know each other and talk to each other prior to this. I'm interested in getting your thoughts and perspectives. First and foremost, how did you get into the role of talent? What is talent? What does that mean in the context of Cancer Treatment Centers of America? Let's talk about what you do and how you started doing that. Okay, so talent um, is, and most other companies, is HR. But being, talent is a good um, example of our culture, how we look at things in a different way, more... um, real as um, people. So I was brought um, as a contractor, my job at that time before we opened in 2008. Mm -hmm. So we opened December 29th of 2008. Mm -hmm. I started December 12th. My responsibility was to just um, keep at that time the recruiter's um, calendar filled with interviews. Okay. And then two months later, uh, February 16th, I was hired as a talent uh, coordinator. I, from the beginning, I knew that God brought me here uh, for a purpose. Yeah. And I knew whatever it was, um, what resonated with me was the um, values here. I didn't have to change. Well, I would never change who I was. Yeah. But I didn't have to change, and it resonated with who I was. And the fact that even though I'm not in the front lines with the patients, right. but I am making a difference as I serve the stakeholders who serve the patients. And so with that, let's, let's, let's play with that school of thought because that's, that's a very meaty statement. You're not a clinician. You're not a nutritionist. You know, you are not directly involved with patient care at all within mm-hmm. Uh, the clinical environment yet um, and I love your association with um, the name of what we call uh, here talent with regard to the personnel department or whatever HR department that when we associate that and link that back to a spiritual connotation and orientation we know that God has wonderfully Mm -hmm. and 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 magnificently created human beings with talents, mm-hmm. gifts, and mm-hmm. abilities. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, what I have learned, you know, in some cases the hard way, life is all about figuring out what your talent and your gift is mm-hmm. because your talents and your gifts are connected to your calling. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, my mom used to try to help me understand at the end of the day, and you made the statement as well, you know, baby, just stay true to who God created you mm-hmm. to be. Because there is a unique talent in that, mm-hmm. and that talent is connected directly to a particular calling. Mm-hmm. And when you're able to couple those two together and figure out and walk in the power of that, mm-hmm. everything else seems mm-hmm. to kind of take care of itself. That's not to say that 
you know, you don't have bumps along the way. And that certainly is true for me. At one point in time, I thought I was going to be a basketball player, you know, and I, I had the physical stature and height and to a certain degree, some of the talent. But that's not what God gave me. That's mm-hmm. not what he, he gave me a talent for. Mm-hmm. That was something that I tried to make happen. And when I understood that my talent was inspiring and motivating mm-hmm. people and then connected that talent to my calling, Mm -hmm. the world just opened up to me from there. And then I just started walking in the power of that. You get to work with specifically a healthcare organization that's focusing on correct talent Mm -hmm. within the construct of a clinical setting Mm -hmm. to serve and support patients. How powerful and wonderful is that to be able to wake up every day and do (laughs) that? Yes. Well, and we're, you know, you're, we're dealing with life here, and when I'm talking to, I, I facilitate the new hire orientation and, and present the culture piece, which I love because I like to create that vision, um, is uh, we're dealing, when you look at it, life and the mortality. and Absolutely. Um, where are you with that? And um, we are here, like you said, for a purpose, and so our purpose, God has put each one of us here um, in the lives of our patients and their caregivers, and many of them um, don't have a relationship with the Lord, or they don't know what that is, and now they're faced with, what do I do? Because my my days are numbered, sure. basically. And so working here has really helped me. I thought I was a great Christian. I thought I was a great wife and daughter, and um, and of course you're all of those things. <laughs> <laughs> but I and compassionate, and I realized. Boy, I've learned that I was far from that, and and I've allowed, I tell our stakeholders, allow working here change you, because this is not a job. This is a calling. This is a ministry. It's a mission. It's very different. And so you have to open yourself to allow to be used in whatever way. Correct. And so... um, Well, again, that's unique to your talent. Yeah. Right. Yes. And to try, for me, um, working with the stakeholders, I just love... Because I do serve them, and I want to serve them like Jesus served us. In that, am I perfect? Absolutely not. Um, but I will share the times or confess when I'm not and yeah. ask for forgiveness. Sure. But I, um, I always ask Lord help me, especially when there's times that employee relations or during the changes that we've had, yep. use me in in any way. And sometimes I have to do the nine one one, like, okay, God, give me wisdom right now. Right, right. And I love when stakeholders come to my office and then say. Being in your office is so peaceful. Or mm. when they come in and they're in one spirit, like yeah. maybe angry, and then they leave with a smile. Well, because I think historically most people's uh, reference point of quote unquote someone in the, and I'm using some really old language mm-hmm. as I date myself, the personnel department or the human resource mm-hmm. department, you know, that's typically a pretty kind of rigid kind of mm-hmm. individual who's sitting mm-hmm. behind a desk with a power suit on mm-hmm. and a power tie, you know, the and looking very formal. And, you know, we have certain codes of conduct mm-hmm. and we have, and, and all of those things are true with regard to, there are certainly things that has to be adhered to and understood. But in order to hear someone say, wow, I feel peaceful mm-hmm. in this place, changes the dynamic of, again, probably what um, what you are doing and what you are empowered to do. First and mm-hmm. foremost, I want to define for the audience who are listening who may have never heard the term stakeholders. Stakeholders yes. are? They are what you would hear in the other company's employees. But our, we name them stakeholders because they take ownership yeah. in what they do for our patients. 
and they have a stake in it. And so the culture at CTCA is to create the ability for people to be invested in mm-hmm. the work slash ministry. And of course, for the for the nature of this conversation, and we use it all the time here, so it's not a foreign concept. Uh, I have yet to interview a doctor, a nurse, or a clinician, uh, or anyone that has been on this show to refer to their job as just work. They re- they they view their work as a type of ministry, mm-hmm. which also speaks to the dynamic of the type of talent mm-hmm. that is being put in play mm-hmm. to support people who are dealing with, as you stated, uh, quite frankly, the issues of mortality. When mm-hmm. someone tells you you have cancer, you're thinking about life and death mm-hmm. in a very different and a very mm-hmm. serious way. There needs to be certain types of talent, mm-hmm. whether that's medical, whether that's clinical, whether that's a nutritionist, a, a chaplain, a nurse, whomever, that brings a certain dynamic to that experience mm-hmm. that hopefully is empowering, engaging, and nurturing of that individual who is walking that battle. You are part of that machinery or process mm-hmm. from a talent perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of the things when you are engaging with the talent uh, slash stakeholder at CTCA that resonate with you? What are you looking at? What are you noticing? What are you zeroing in on in terms of who these folks are? What do you bring to the table uh, from from the, from the point of engagement of what you do as a uh, a member of the talent department. So, for example, um, I, I get the privilege and I love it to um, facilitate the orientation. So the first day is all about the culture piece, and um, I I will say that the majority of the time we we've hit it. You know, and sometimes you can't tell. Sometimes people interview very well. Sure. But what is different? What sets us apart? And why um, we have maybe a long process with is because we. You can get skills. Anybody can have the skills. Absolutely. But you cannot. Um, uh, you cannot teach human behavior and compassion. And they either have it or you don't. Can't manufacture you it. Can't. You can't fake that. Yeah, you can't. And and so there's a certain special something that each person, whether they're very outgoing and have it, or they're very quiet and have it, but I look for that, I look how they engage with each other. Um, If they truly are just giving um, the answers that you wanna hear, or do they, are they really, um, do they feel the empathy about someone who is, you know, when they say, uh, my patient, for example. To me, that's so endearing when um, stakeholders um, not, new, maybe veteran stakeholders, for example, when they um, say, I'm sorry, Myrna, I can't make the meeting because um, my patient, oh my gosh, like absolutely, sure. they're putting their um, patient before anything else. Yeah, there's an investment. There is, for lack of a better term, a partnership, a relationship. Yeah. And, and sacrifice. I, and Well, and, and you know, <laughs> we just had a, a, a different conversation with another member of the team at CTC, and we talked about you know, the sacrifices mm-hmm. that are needed and mm-hmm. for the commitment mm-hmm. to do that type of patient mm-hmm. care on that level. Mm-hmm. You're right. Um, I actually had, a, I, I interviewed a doctor from one of our docs uh, on the show, and he said an amazing thing to me. He said, hey, anybody can go to school and be a doctor. He okay. said, actually, uh, from his perspective, he said, yes, yeah, that's, that's the easy part. And I was like, really? I can't go to school to be a doctor. I'm not that smart. I don't like chemistry. I don't like biology. <laughs> but it goes back to the bigger point of, what I have learned is your talent is directly coded mm-hmm. into who you are from mm-hmm. God. So, you know, 
Don't give me a calculator and ask me to crunch numbers. Don't don't ask. You know, I am I am not going to do that. I'm not suited to do that. Put me in front of a person. Uh, challenge me with the the human spirit of how do I inspire them and encourage mm-hmm. them. And I could do that all day, mm-hmm. every day, twice on Sunday. The point to be made is, though it may seem unusual, it is very necessary to really have the right talent in play mm-hmm. for the type of work and for the culture that that is trying to be created here at CTCA. Uh, having said that, please. Well, yeah, I wanted to also say like um, something that I really see is um, when talking about sacrifice, our stakeholders ha- who have been here then for a while, um, they, a lot of them, are going through some really critical um, personal um, circumstances. Yeah. And yet they are still loyal to, and they they are present. They put the patient's needs first. When I know that they are going through their own, some of them are patients themselves. Some are dealing with challenges with their kids, but they come because they see what's most important is the patient and giving that mother standard of care. And that to me is so touching. Like it really, um, I just really feel like they get what the, a calling is, mm. and they know that um, they are the patients are greater than anything sure. else than money can buy. But they a lot of times they will put they'll sacrifice their own health. Yep, they won't go to the doctor this and that because they don't want to miss their their work. They don't want to miss their patients. Sure, and that to me is um, it just it's inspiring to me. Well, to to be in an environment and and to be part of a collective mm-hmm. of individuals who bring that type of spirit to the table mm-hmm. uh, is is inspiring within itself mm-hmm. because you see so little of that in, mm-hmm. in our current culture, in our mm-hmm. world, where everybody basically is, it's mm-hmm. about me, it's mm-hmm. about mine, and I can't be worried mm-hmm. about the other guy. I'll give you a great example. Um, I have a neighbor in my subdivision, uh, and, and, and you know I'm out messing around with my yard or whatever, and um, she was telling me about some issues that she were having. And I said, listen, anytime, if you ever need to come knock on my door, if you need something, feel free. She almost fell out in the middle of the street. She couldn't believe that somebody <laughs> would say that to her. She said, oh, my goodness, I can't believe how sincere you were about mm-hmm. that. The point that I simply mm-hmm. want to make is we see so little of that modeled mm-hmm. in our culture, and our world today. Mm-hmm. And how important is it to have that in a healthcare environment for people mm-hmm. who are dealing with in many mm-hmm. cases, life and death, mm-hmm. choices and decisions, and you're part of that 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 talent nurturing component of those individuals that are going to be mm-hmm. sitting in front of those folks day mm-hmm. in and day out. Uh, have you ever been personally yourself um, challenged by cancer, family, friend, loved one? Um, I've had family and friends, but me personally not. Actually, my husband's a cancer survivor, but was prior to um, me meeting him. Um, But I have had uh, friends that um, um, I wish they would have, that we would have existed before they passed away. Sure. (laughs) Because I know that they would have been... Maybe their quality of life would have been better. Okay. Um, I was I was gonna say healed, but you know what? God can heal us by taking us to Him. So absolutely, you know? <laughs> yeah. We talk about it on the show all the time, so you don't yeah. have to tongue in cheek at that at all. Yeah. That's exactly right. You know, um, how how were you personally impacted? Because I think what's important, and one of the things that's important to the audience that listens to this show, is that we want to bring organic, authentic conversations about the cancer conversation. And it's difficult to talk about something that you don't know or that mm-hmm. you haven't experienced. Um, how were you impacted directly by either, 
I think you said you had a family member or someone that uh, had cancer. How did that impact you? How did dealing with that, hearing that, or supporting someone with cancer, how did that impact you personally? So I, I will tell you, actually, I could remember from a really good friend as young as I was 15 years old. Mm. Um, and I remember she had leukemia, and um, she was very, um, very weak, very... Um, at that time, the cancer uh, research was not to the you know where extent where it is now, sure. right? So um, she would get really sick, and on the weekends would get her chemo and infusions and things like that. But she was actually a friend that gave me my first Bible. Interesting. That um, wow. she put her name in, and in there the scripture was, um, "I have fought the the, good the fight. fight and kept the faith." But um, I remember as uh, we were all as a church praying for her yeah. um, because we were praying for healing and, and mm -hmm. just for God to, you know, and, and I was very close to her. Yeah. And um, I remember, though, um, crying. My family, we were crying out that one night, like everybody was, was praying in their homes, um, but she didn't make it. Yeah. And uh, that was a hard thing for me yeah. because I was like, but God, you you tell us that if you know we have not because we ask not right. and to pray and the right. power of praying and that you're the healer yep. why didn't you save her sure. and so i remember um my struggle in my personal walk with the lord okay. at that time because i thought that healing was only here on earth i never realized healing was uh, up in heaven and the the um and then of course they had, there were some family members not as close sure. in, in the years but then right the year before we opened here i had um another really good friend um who um uh, same thing we prayed for her she left a nine-year-old daughter yeah. and i think that's what affected me the yeah, most and they were hoping that we would um open yeah. quickly and she died probably it was five months prior to us opening, but it, it affected me in, again, I was faced with um, mm. my faith, mm. my belief, and coming here, um, you know, especially like, Lord, how can you leave this little girl mm -hmm. without her mother? Mm -hmm. And we all were praying for the healing, yeah. and um, I remember coming here, and I have learned a lot that even our patients, they're not asking for healing many times. They're just asking for quality of life and to enjoy their last days. And I had to, I feel like God used that to speak to me okay. that healing is not always what we want and what we think as humans, like get me free from cancer. Yeah. Well, and, and I can, if, if I can synthesize that for you, because we've talked about it often on the show and it's, it's probably my biggest area of, um, focus, for lack of a better term, over 23 years, bedside ministry uh, to cancer patients. Mm -hmm. So this is not something that you know, I just picked up this hobby last week and decided I'll mm -hmm. start you know, looking at this, is that uh, there are still some schools of thought and, and schools of, of, of ministry that suggest that healing is a either or proposition either you did or you didn't mm -hmm. you know and then of course that tends to be the scorecard if you if you didn't survive you lost mm -hmm. and and i challenge that theological perspective mm -hmm. i believe the bible uh gives us a much more well-rounded mm -hmm. sense of what that is and is it and the point to simply be made is that healing has many different dimensions to it. Mm -hmm. uh, everyone is not necessarily physically healed. And, you know, and I can take that debate to anyone mm -hmm. at any time. Uh, and I will point out some of the most famous faith healers who have led large ministries, uh, family members, loved ones, and they themselves who succumbed to uh, or succumbed 
to, um, you know, physical illness. Mm -hmm. But again, healing is not necessarily mm -hmm. an either or proposition here on earth. There are different dimensions mm -hmm. to healing, different types of healing. Mm -hmm. We certainly believe and want and desire to see people healed of their physical sicknesses mm -hmm. and diseases. But that doesn't always happen. Not here on earth. And that does <laughs> not mean that God is not part of exactly. that process. And that doesn't mean that the will of God is not being yes. executed. Now, that's going to be tough for some people to swallow, but I'll give you a glass of water to help you out with that. <laughs> well, and, you know, something that I've learned, like, again, I really try to open myself to what God wants to teach me through here. And because I don't, I'm not in the front lines with the patients, I have for a while there, I volunteered to be an ambassador and I'd go visit the patients on inpatient or when I'm in orientation I'll we'll have a uh, impact a patient come and give their testimony sure. so I get I um, have areas where I get to be around the patients and get to know them and um, it's I will say those that have a faith in the Lord Jesus um, they radiate very differently Absolutely. and I believe because at one point I'm like wow Lord you have really just because you're Christian doesn't mean that you're not going to be exposed to cancer no and it's amazing but I believe that God has chosen those to be a witness of what peace he gives during a crisis like that because those who don't believe will ask and they have they in front of me oh well like, why are you so peaceful yeah. why are you so and because of their faith in the lord jesus and they have hope and they know that this is not the end and that has taught me like you know if i do get diagnosed yep. that um they're inspiring me that that is god's going to use that for his correct. glory that is correct you know and so i mean it, it has really helped me to really um change and god has challenged me and you know, yeah. I I really um, I he's par he's part of me. Everybody knows here that I'm a Christian. Now I'm not like, hey, you gotta <laughs> repent this and that. I try to live with my life, yeah. and um, I have my little Jesus calling, and you know, I try in my office because we have to also be careful. You can't like, sure. you know, you gotta respect others. Uh, but I'm not going to change who I am. Well, the bottom line is, and, and one of my early spiritual mentors taught me this, and I never forgot it. He said, learn how to expose your faith to people, but not impose your faith yes. upon people. Yeah. And at the end of the day, that's all that I truly believe mm -hmm. the Lord is expecting of any mm -hmm. of us to do, is to be light mm -hmm. in dark places, to be salt mm -hmm. to the world. But he didn't ask us to force anything upon anyone at any time. No. But to, to thine own self first be true, and you're doing just that. Today, you've heard from Myrna Borkman, who works in the talent department at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. And we thank God for this woman of faith oh. and of God, uh, who also is helping to uh, align uh, godly, talented people in front of the patients uh, that she has opportunity to serve uh, at Cancer Treatment Centers of America in Phoenix, Arizona. Today, I salute and take my hat off to you, and I thank you for your talent oh, as you, you apply that to the work that you do and the ministry that God has given you. May there be bigger and better still mm -hmm. come your way to you and your family. God bless. Oh, thank you. All right. Me take too. care. <laughs> oh, we're so glad that Myrna joined you in that conversation, Percy. Can we talk about it in a moment? Absolutely, my friend. All right. We'll do that in just a moment. At Cancer Treatment Centers of America, they use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life. 
by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com, click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America, or contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists about questions you may have by calling 866-712-HOPE. 866-712-HOPE. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. We met Myrna today on the program, and what a sweet person. I I tell you, as I listen to Myrna talk about her role, a behind-the-scenes role, Percy, at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, and yet such a caring role that she has. And I'm often asked, Wayne, you know, in my travels, and I travel quite a bit and have for over the last 20 years in the work that I do, you know, uh, I've asked people or people who have asked me specifically about the type of personalities and dispositions of individuals who work right. at the cancer treatment center. You seem centers. to attract such quality people. And I've been asked many times, where do you find these people and how do you find these people? Because there's really a unique dynamic that has to be brought to the table with regard to the type of work that we do with the focus of the mother standard of care and et cetera. And it goes back to the talent. It goes back to recognize ta- recognizing talent, but not just skills. And Myrna talked about that, but really looking deeper yeah. into the essence Care and compassion of who an individual yeah. is. And that cannot be uh, garnered and, and learned uh, at school or through a class. There's something that has to be deposited inside of a person's being, and that talent comes from God. And mm-hmm. that's why we read the opening scripture that we did, mm-hmm. because God has fearfully and wonderfully made us to be a certain way. And that's why I've learned, Wayne, over the years, not to try to adjust who I am for the discomfort of other people. Mm -hmm. Obviously, my talent is not suited for your situation, so I have to find the next circumstance to apply who God made me to be because I am designed to do a specific thing in a very unique and specific way. And we can't question that. Well, this is what Myrna does. She looks for that type of unique talent to fit within the framework of who we are uh, as an organization. And we thank God for her and yeah. others like her. Yeah, we do. Who are doing such a good job and, and the staff that they find with that care and compassion quotient in their life. Absolutely. And with that being said, one of the things that Myrna brought to our attention that I think is worthy of, of responding to is that uh, in her uh, experience, all cancer patients are not necessarily looking to be healed or to be cured of their cancer. In many cases, they're looking to have quality of life. Well, Let's talk about the role of religion and spirituality. You've given a lot of thought to this. I've given a lot of thought to it, and I've had a lot of conversation about it. And again, I want to read some information that I think will help us kind of reframe our thinking around healing, cure, uh, if if we're healed, if we're not healed, uh, was the will of God executed? I want to give some information uh, and read some information from Stanford Medical University and a study that they produced called Cancer, Religion and Spirituality uh, was written by Andrew Keener, Ph.D., Rabbi Jeffrey Silberman, um, DM. And it basically says this, and it's very interesting, and it ties back into the original point that I think Myrna was making that I agree with. It says this, religion, coping, and healing. A person's faith, spirituality, uh, provides a means for coping with illness and reaching a deeper kind of inner healing. 
Coping means different things to different people. It can involve finding answers to the questions that illness raises. It can mean seeking comfort for the fears and pain that illness brings. And it can mean learning how to find a sense of direction at a time of illness. Religious teachings can help a person cope in all of these dimensions. Furthermore, it says, Religious teachings can also point the way toward healing, which can be something very different from curing. Hmm. Modern medicine has been able to recognize that a medical cure is not always possible, nor is it the only appropriate goal for treatment. And again, goes back to Myrna's point. Sometimes when treatment is futile, the hearing of the healing of soul or spirit can provide a deep and sustaining comfort. Religion has long focused upon it as its central purpose. Healing of the soul or spirit means recognizing the values in one's life and striving to bring these in line with the teaching of one's religion or the fundamental of one's faith. In other words. Yeah, what is it saying? In other words, when we disseminate that, I think the proposition and the idea by some, certainly not everyone, that when we utilize our faith or when we exercise our faith or we allow our faith to be part of our physical uh, illness process, that the ultimate goal is to be healed. Uh, and when we say healed, to to have our sickness and disease completely alleviated and eliminated. Well, we know that in some cases mm-hmm. that is not always That's the true. case. That's true. And let me say, forget about what we know. Let me tell you what Reverend Percy McCray knows. <laughs> 23 years of knowing that I have prayed with and I have supported many pastors, ministers, wives, caregivers, people of great faith who were believing God for their ultimate healing in that regard. But for whatever reason, that did not happen. And then I've noticed the discourse in the marketplace, in many cases back at people's local churches or even at the bedside, debating if that person had enough faith or did their sin cause them not to receive their healing. All sorts of very bizarre, interesting schools of thought because in some cases our theology does not have a well-rounded thought process around the school of thought of healing. Healing has different dimensions. Healings have different elements and aspects to it. Obviously, we would love to see everyone free of their disease. No question. No if And if it was me, I start out there believing that I am going to be healed. But working through the process of time and supporting cancer patients and their caregivers, in some cases, that does not always happen. I think that this research document, and there's others out, helps to give us some balance yes. and some counterbalance That's what to I was this thinking conversation. Too. Right, exactly. And we want to help this audience to be balanced with this school of thought yeah. as well. Um, we made the suggestion uh, between ourselves that maybe we need to have a longer conversation about this on a future program. You know, I think that that this conversation warrants a show all unto itself dealing with this very fact. So I think we'll come back and we'll do okay. that at another point. In all, time, right. Right? all right. I look forward to that. I really do. In the meantime, thanks to Myrna for joining us today and prompting this conversation. It was very, very helpful. And we will come back to it in the future. Well, something we can do right now is invite you to join the Our Journey of Hope Ministry Leaders Network to help equip and empower every church in the country to better meet a great need. So if you're a pastor or a leader in your church or congregation, we invite you to join the Ministry Leaders Network of Our Journey of Hope. It's free to join. And when you sign up, you'll receive some resources, a newsletter, some training opportunities, and it's free to join. So do it at healthhopeandinspiration.com.
Hope.com. Click on the Our Journey of Hope logo at the top of the page and sign up. Learn about the Ministry Leaders Network and how your church can be involved in a cancer care ministry. Amen, amen. And so we want people to continue to be part of that and experience That's that. That's right. All right. You read some powerful scripture to open our program. Let's circle back on that. Yeah, we want to close strong with this scripture. Uh, the, our guest today talked about her role as being a talent coordinator and, and looking at the talent of God's unique people for certain services. This scripture helps us to understand the power of that school of thought. Psalms 139, verses 13 through 17. For you, God, created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And in the fearful and wonderfulness that God has made us, there's a talent that's associated with that for certain works. Your works are wonderful. And I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you. And when I was made in the secret place, praise God, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me are written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me, hallelujah, are your thoughts, God, how vast is the sum of them, basically talking about what God thinks of us and how he has created us, and in that he has given us talents and abilities to function for certain purposes. I'm sure glad you brought that out on Hallelujah. today's program. Thank you, and thank you for sharing your talent with us here on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. It's my privilege. Thank you. Listen, man, we got to go get our axe. We got wood to keep chopping yep. here. One more thing you need to do, go to the website, healthhopeandinspiration.com, download the helpful resource, Integrative Cancer Care. Again, healthhopeandinspiration.com. Percy, God bless. We'll see you next time. Bless you. Take care now. Thanks for listening to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with past pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored to each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.